0: Now, back in Ghana, we do some shouting in church, you know. Uh, I say, give the Lord a joyful shout. And amen. Good, so uh, I bring you greetings from Ghana, and I want to thank God for this great opportunity to be in this house, uh, this church. Uh, like he, she mentioned, it was in 1997, was the first time we actually met. It was in High Point, Uh, it was a camp meeting uh, that we had in High Point, and uh, I mean, uh, coming from Ghana, I went to a camp in Virginia, and so in Virginia, we had uh, roommates. So I I don't know what happened. I was going to take my shower, and uh, as I was leaving, the Holy Spirit spoke to me that, why don't you take your wallet along? I just said, Well, I'm just here with this guy. He's also a camper, so it was not necessary for me to take my wallet into the bathroom. So I ignored the promptings of the Holy Spirit and then I went to take my shower. So when I came back, the guy that I was sleeping, I mean, in, in the dorm with, I mean, had left the room. So something spoke to me. Go and check your wallet. I went to look in my wallet. And the money that I had brought from Ghana, you know, I traveled. That was the first time I had traveled to Ghana uh, and to America. I don't know anybody. And then the money was gone. And I had a long trip. I had to go back to New York. And there was no single dime in my pocket. The money was taken away. So when the camp meeting was over, I decided now, where am I going to go? So, I mean, I mean, standing, I heard somebody saying, well, we are going to another camp meeting in High Point in North Carolina. So because at that time I didn't have money, I decided, well, then I have to go to High Point, North Carolina for another camp meeting. So after the camp meeting, I was in the church because I didn't know where to go I was crying and praying and believing God that at least there'll be a miracle somewhere and and and, and as I was praying uh, after the camp uh, pastor Tony was there and his wife so he decided to come to uh, the chapel he was looking up for one Dixon who also was from Kenya who also came for the camp meeting and so I mean he came and he said well brother James have you seen Dixon I said well he just left I mean he's not gone but he'll be coming back he said well I have a check for a Dixon so I want you to take the check and when Dixon comes you give him the check so I took the check and then I went back to the church started praying because that was not mine so when he left he came back he he walked back to me and asked what about giving you also a check as a praise God. So he signed a check of 150 and then he gave it to me. That was a miracle because there was nothing in my pocket and God answered that prayer through pastor Tony. It was a great testimony. And so he invited us to visit him in Statesville. The first time I came with uh, Dixon and then eventually as time went on uh, I, I, I anytime I'm in the US I come over here and share the word of God they have been a great family and I, I, I mean always I miss I never knew that Pastor Tony had passed because along the line we lost some connection so I never knew he had passed until I think three years back I was at the airport going back to Ghana I don't know what happened so Josh. Uh, uh, Josh, I mean, is it, uh, is it Josh? Have I gotten the name correct? Yeah, it's good. So he, I mean, on email, he said, hey, Pastor James, how, where are you? I said, I'm just at the airport. I'm going back to Ghana. Then I asked, how's your mom? How's your, your dad?" And then he said, dada passed away. I said, wow, powerful. I mean, that was very, very, very striking. But all I can say is that uh, uh, Pastor Tony and his wife had been very great man and woman of God whom God has used to bless a lot of people and I want to thank God for their lives and for what God is doing I believe that God is about to do great things God is about to do great things he's going to continue to do great and mighty things this facility is huge and we take it for the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ the Bible says wherever our foot shall tread We shall take it for the kingdom of God. I believe we have to take this place. It's a beautiful place. And it's going to, I mean, God is going to do great things. So I bring you greetings from Ghana, my wife and my two, I mean, my my two children. I have two kids. Uh, My son is... uh, uh, 25, and my daughter is 22. Uh, and So they are grown, and, and, and now I'm a little bit free. So I'm, I'm home alone with my wife, no grandchildren yet, you know, believing for more grandchildren. So I bring you greetings from Ghana, and I'm very, very, very happy to see you again. I was here last year, actually, if those of you who remember, I was here last year when you were in a classroom, was in a classroom, and you had to, you had to, I mean, be in, come to church, and You were in hurry, but over here, there'll be no hurry. We can stay in the presence of God. Even if I say we'll be closing at 3 p.m., we can still have church. Actually, we thank God for today. Amen. Somebody. So shake hands with somebody and look into his face and tell him, I see the glory of God upon your life. That is what a child of God carries. You carry the glory of God. That is what you carry you carry the glory of god wherever you we, you go the glory of god is upon our lives say amen, amen. this morning i believe uh, god has a word for us i was praying this i mean last night and god laid this message on my heart to share with us all uh, so that we can be encouraged, we can be strengthened, and so that we can take what is ours. As I said, you see, God created this earth and put us in here. And whatever that is in this earth is us for the taking. Amen? Amen. Whatever God placed on this earth is for us to take. And children of God must come to that place of knowing that I serve a big God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above even my imagination. So God called us to fix us. God never called us to shame us, to get us disgraced. He called us to fix us, to make us better people so we can serve him, so we can influence a lot of people. God wants us to go out there with our chest out, knowing that we are children of God. People must see the child of God and be convinced without the shadow of doubt that this is a child of God, He is confident, he knows that I am with him, and he is not going to be defeated in whatever he does amen amen so let's let's look into the Word of God. Uh, we are reading from 2 Kings is a very familiar passage. Uh, we are reading from 2 Kings uh, 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. We are reading from verse 1. 2 Kings 7. From verse 1. So then Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow, about this time, a seal of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and a two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So, an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Verse 3 says, Now, there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city. And we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall leave. And if they kill us, we shall only die. And they rose at a twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore, they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank, and carried from it silver and gold, and clothing, and went and hid them. Then they came back, and entered another tent, and carried some from there also, and went and hid it. Then they said to one another, We are not doing right. This is the day of good news, and we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now therefore... Come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they went and called the gatekeepers of the city and told them, saying, we went to the Syrian camp. And surprisingly, no one was there for a human sound, only horses and donkeys tired and the tents intact. And the gatekeepers called out and they told it to the king's household. Amen. I want to speak on the theme, Don't be comforted when you are not comfortable. Don't be comforted when you are not comfortable. As I, begin, as I began, I, 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 I said something here, that as a child of God, we have a mandate on earth. God has a plan for every child of God. That is what you've got to know. You weren't just called because of anything. You were called into God's kingdom. Because God knew that you can do something in this kingdom. You are just not on earth here by an accident you are here because God intended and had good plans and purposes for you. In fact the Bible says that I know the thoughts that I have toward you says God not evil thoughts so God is not against you God is for us. So when I'm in trouble it's not some God somewhere who is putting me in that trouble? Because God is always. God is always. In fact, in, 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 in the gospel, he said, I am with you always. I tell a child of God that you must walk everywhere knowing that you are not alone. And that you are on this earth because God put you here. Because God called you. In fact, the Bible says, you have not chosen me. I chose you. And I ordained you to go and bear fruit. That your fruit would remain. So God called me. God called you. God called all of us here. But God had a mandate. And the mandate is that we would go and bear fruits and those fruits will remain that we would go to the world and influence the world with love, with, with, with love to one another and to let people know that the only way is Jesus Christ, the son of what? The living God. So when you are in trouble, when there are certain things going on in your life, don't just get stuck there. God will bring you out and you will come out very strong. I have come to let you know that God is on your side. God is fighting for you. God wants to set you free. God wants to heal you. God wants you a better person. Amen. Amen. That is God and that is the place the child of God must come to. So when you are not comforted, you don't need to be comfortable. Say amen. If we are not, you see, the tendency of the child of God is just easily give up on life because of situations, because of some of the things, the challenges that we face, some of, some, of, some of the hard stuff we go through. We easily give up, and then we comfort ourselves, and we are comforted. But I have come to tell you that you don't have to be comforted when you are not comfortable. If you are not comfortable, I tell somebody that, you see, you, see, you see, if you are sick, God is not happy. I didn't hear you say amen. Look, if you are sick, God is not happy. Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. That is the word of God. If you are sick, if you are worried, if you are troubled, if you are, in, 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 you are going through crisis, God is not happy. God, even though at that time you are in the trouble. Yes, God will be with you and God will make sure that he delivers you out of every situation that you find yourself in. If you don't give up and you don't give up hope. I know people who died before their right time because a doctor told them that you were going to die. Because the doctor told them that you were going to die in three months or one year. And they end up not even getting to the one year and then they die. Because they die because they get worried. And I tell people, whose report are you going to believe? I will believe in the report of God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God is all powerful. God is all powerful. God has all the power. If you don't get your hope, I mean, shattered, God will always show up. You see, sometimes we do give up. We do give up. We do give up. And uh, you see, the fact is that we are not the first people to get discouraged, to give up. I mean, I mean, I mean, if you go into the Word of God, you read men of God who actually have done great and mighty things, eventually become discouraged. So it's not a new thing. Look at Elijah; he was known as the champion of God. Elijah was known as the champion of God. You see, if you read First Kings chapter eighteen, verse twenty-two to twenty-three, listen to what the Bible says. Then Elijah said to the people, I, I alone am left, a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men." Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves. Cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put not fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. But then when you go to the first Kings chapter 18, 24, the Bible says that then you call on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, Amen. The God that answers by fire, he is God. And Elijah was able to stand on his feet, prayed, and fire came from heaven and burnt the offering. That was Elijah. This great man of God. But when... He was threatened by Jezebel. He flee for his life. He ran away. So sometimes in the life of the child of God, we will go into the valleys. We would, we would, we'll be surrounded with obstacles. We would we would, be there'll be a lot of challenges that we go through. But look at this man of God, this powerful man of God that contended with these prophets. And then fire. He was able to pray. It was not a long prayer. It was just a brief prayer. And fire came from heaven. And licked the altar. But this man when he was threatened. Got discouraged. And he ran for his life. There are two types of Christians. People who. Christians who. When they fall into problems, when challenges come on their way, they lift up their hands and they cry. They throw their arms in despair and they begin to cry. Oh God, why did you allow this to happen to me? I am just a poor Christian and you've come to me with all this kind of problems. There are some of us here, as children of God, who has power in us who when we fall into problems we get discouraged and we try to give up and there are other people who when they fall into trouble they know that there is a God in heaven they know that God is able to deliver them they trust God in their problems they trust God in their sickness they trust God when things are not going on well they know that one day God will show up and he will lift up his head up say amen somebody say amen somebody yes so 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 even Elijah was a Christian, a powerful man, a man of God. After all what he did, he had to be given up. I want us to go direct to uh, this I mean, uh, a story that we just read. These were lepers. And in the Old Testament, you know that lepers were disregarded. They were not in town. They were camped somewhere. They were unclean. Lepers were ostracized. They don't come closer. You may know that, I mean, if the leper has to walk around the city, the leper has to keep shouting. I am unclean. I am unclean. Because if he gets closer to you to touch you, you become unclean yourself. So these lepers were camped somewhere. And there was a famine in Samaria. Great famine, where women even made agreements. There was a woman, two women, who made agreements in those days that today we're going to boil out your son and then eat your son. Because there was, the famine was so great that there was no food. And these women, two women, in agreement, saying, "Okay, let's eat your child today. Then tomorrow you would also kill your what is it? Your son, so eat." And you know, you know the story. They killed that boy. They ate. The next day, when they were supposed to kill the other one's son, he didn't allow, and he got to the king. There was a famine in the land. People who were strong and who were in the city didn't have food to eat. How much more people who were camped, who were lepers and who were not considered? Which means that the lepers were people who had leftover food. That was what they had. They were camped. But you see, in this story, he said they stayed there for a while. were getting hungry so one day they decided that no we wouldn't stay here we have to get out of here we have to get out of here sometimes we are in some problems some situations and then you know because maybe the situation has taken some time we become comfortable in the situation We don't even pray about it. We know, we just like, you know, you know, Abraham's wife. She was around 90 when the uh, angels of the Lord visited them. And as they were discussing, the angels said that, well, next year we'll be coming here. And then your, 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 your wife, Sarah, shall be with a child. And then Sarah had it. You know what she did? She laughed. Because she taught that my, what is going on here? I'm, I'm 90 years. What's going on? So she laughed. Because you know, it got to a point where Sarah became comfortable in her problem. You know, that is why Sarah recommended Hagar to Abraham. Because she she she, she came to a point where I was not going to have a kid. No child, because I'm old. So why don't you take my 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 maid, go into her and have a kid? You see. So after that, then the angel of God says that next year you're gonna have a kid. And then she sits somewhere, and then she says she laughs when the when the angel asked. We heard Sarah laughing. She said she didn't laugh. You see. This is what I want to draw at. That is sometimes when we are in trouble, when we are in situations, the tendency is that because we have stayed in that situation for some time, we become comfortable with it. We know that, look, for this sickness, I'm going to die with it. Uh, I think this sickness is what is going to kill me. I, I know I'm not going to fix this problem. So you know the problem is there, but then... You just comfort yourself, you live anywhere, no problem, God, God's will, I mean, no. But the Bible says these four lepers stayed there for a while. the said that, look, we're not going to stay here and die. We're going to do something about it. We're going to do something about it. We are going to do something. There were lepers, but they said, we wouldn't stay here and die. We're going to do something about it. And the Bible says they broke the camp and they started heading towards the Syrian camp. The Bible says because they had faith, their steps was magnified. God intentionally did something strange and their footsteps became like chariots because they stepped out there in faith. They believed that they were, even though they were lepers, they were still the children of God. They stepped out there in faith. And the Bible says when they got to the Syrian camp, they had all fled. My goodness. They had fled. But you see, when you read from the verse 1 of chapter 7, the, the amazing thing there was that Elijah said, hear the word of God, Uh, tomorrow by this time, uh, there will be abundance of food. Now, when you continue, when you continue reading, then the verse 3 now talks about the lepers. You know, because you see, if you read the 7, when he said, thou said, this is the word of God, tomorrow by this time. There was this man who was leaning on the king. He said, look, what you are saying, what are are you really saying? Are you saying that with this kind of famine that we are going through, so tomorrow there will be abundance of food? Then the man who leans with the king said, even if God opens the door, what you are saying will not come to pass. But you see, the the verse 7 begins by saying that, thus sayest. word this is the word of God look the word of God is active the word of God is powerful the word God watches over his word to do what to perform so when Elijah said that this is the word of God tomorrow by this time the man who leans with the king didn't believe it but you see the word of God travels and this lepers were in their camp and the word of god hit them and they said no we can't stay here any longer we have to leave this camp whatever happens will happen we have to get out but you see there are some things that i want us to learn from this what is it lepers this, this four lepers i want us to learn two things maybe one four things Let's learn. You see, don't with the lepers they teach us some lessons that as a child of God, when we face situations, the first one is this don't allow your prevailing circumstances to become a comfort zone. Don't allow that is one of the first lessons we learn from the lepers. They didn't allow their prevailing circumstances to keep them, to make them comfortable. As a child of God, if you are sick, say, I am sick. But say, God is a healer. If you don't have a job, say, I don't have a job. But believe that God is a provider of jobs. If you are hurting, let God know that, God, I am hurting. But get to know that God will, I mean, heal that hurt of you. So, so he said, don't allow your prevailing circumstances to become a comfort zone. Well, I've been praying for some years now. Nothing has happened to me. So I think that this, there is nothing I can do about this problem. At that point, you are not comforting yourself. In the situation. Don't allow, listen 2nd Kings chapter 7, it said, now there were four lepers, men of the, of the entrance, the gate, and they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we we'll die? I have come to tell you that whatever situation you are in and you are facing, the power of God is here to hit you, to deliver you, to set you free. God is all powerful and God does not change. He's the same yesterday, he said. He said so 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 don't allow your prevailing circumstances to become a comfort zone. What was their prevailing circumstances? What was the prevailing circumstances of those four lepers? Number 1, they were lepers. They were not regarded. That was the situation they were in. Lepers in the OT were unclean folks. They were outcast. They lived out out of the outskirts of, of the city. They were confined to a location. They were not regarded in society. They ate leftover food. They were in serious trouble. If able men and women were not getting food to eat, how much more lepers? So their situation was that they were discarded. That was their present situation. Like today, maybe you may be in a situation. You may be in a dilemma. You may be in some trouble. You may be in some confusion. You don't sit down there and comfort yourself. So don't allow. They were in a bitter situation. So listen to their cry. Why are we sitting here until we die? These four lepers were tired of being tired. Being, t- being second-class citizens. They were tired of people not giving them respect. They were tired of eating leftover food. They were tired of being marginalized. They were tired of situations they were in. So they decided they had to do something. Maybe it all started with one leper. He said, no, no, no. I think we, this, this place is becoming unbearable. I mean, the hunger is too much. And that is where God shows up. When you are at your wits, when everything seems like it's not working any longer, that is when God comes in. They were in a terrible situation, but they said, no. We will not stay in this situation. We have to make a change in our lives. Something must happen. You see, when you are a child of God and you are in trouble and you come to the realization that something must happen, I mean, there must be healing in my life. There must be provision in my life. There must be grace in my life. It is faith. You are believing God to do something in your life. Say amen. Say amen. So they were fed up. Of the trouble their marginalization so they said we won't stay here we would go out don't allow your privileged situation to become a comfort zone for you what are you going through today since when did the doctor tell you that you were going to die since when did the doctor say that this sickness there's no cure since when did he tell you that and are you comforting yourself I have come to let you know that. Let every man be a liar. But God. Let every man be what? A liar. But God. I always say this. My mother was a praying machine. She didn't go to church. No, she didn't go to school. She didn't attend school. But anytime she went to. The church, she carried a Bible. And she sits closer to somebody who could read. And then when the, the pastor says, let's turn to maybe the gospel of John chapter 4, she sits down quietly. And then when you have done with tending to your portion, then my mother will give you the Bible. I want you to tend to where the pastor just mentioned. So she goes to the church with, with a stick, So when you turn the Bible to that passage, you understand, and you give the Bible to her, then she will stick the stick in that area so that, I mean, it will be, she can easily turn over when she wants. So when the church is closed, she goes back home. And you know, as kids at that time, I've just started schooling, I could read. So she go back home and she's waiting for me. So on Sunday, I'll go round, 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 round. And when I come back home, she meets me at the door and says, oh, you are here. Okay, come over. Sit down. I have all your meal. Everything is ready. But I want you to read again that passage for me. I want you to read it again so that I can listen. My goodness. In those days, I just felt that she was just bothering me. And why is it And I want to eat. She said, you do that before I give you the food. Then I'll do it. But I can tell you that this woman had infused some kind of faith in our lives that I am telling you. I still remember she died a long time ago. I mean, she died when I was very young. My father died when I was around, uh, when my, my father died, I think about two. Then my mother died when I was around 13 or 12. But that ages, my mother had prayed for somebody who had died to come back to life. My mother, yes. Look, I have, I died about two times. You know, in those days in Ghana, you don't have money. So it's not a matter of going to see the doctor. <laughs> it's not a matter of, today you have a lot of uh, doctors here. So when even you're having some small headache, you have to see the doctor. But in the, I mean, we don't have that. So my mother will call you when you say you have some uh, stomach trouble. She said, "Come son, then she'll place her hand on me and pray." You understand? She prayed for somebody who had died, a young lady died. You know, when I came I've, I've gone out, when I came this is a, very, a story you need to hear. I came to the house, and there was a lot of people in the house. So I asked, "What's going on here?" They said, in the morning, uh, this lady passed away. she died. In the morning, and I came in the afternoon, and your mother had taken the lady, a young girl that has passed, she's taking that small girl, lady, into the room, and she's still there praying. From morning to afternoon, my mother was with the lady praying in the room. So, you know, I was young. When I came, I said, what's, what's going on? I mean, this is, I mean, you trying to, I mean, and people will laugh at you and people will, I mean, she was there praying, she was there praying, she was there praying. She came, she came the first time, she said she needed a cloth. I mean, maybe that she was now shivering. So he took a cloth, went and covered her. She prayed for another three hours. Then she came back and said she needed some porridge. We have some light, I mean, some porridge. It's, it's kind of light, I mean, drink said I needed some they give her some she went then third time my mother came she brought back the lady she was healed she was healed she was healed because she was determined she knew that God answers prayer Don't allow your prevailing circumstances. What you are going through. You see, you see, you see, you see, we we have emotions. And when we are sick and when we are feeling bad, you understand it? It gets through your emotions, and your emotions will make you weak. We have emotions. So sometimes when we are going through stuff, our emotions, we go through stuff. and that. But you see, the word of God, you must apply the word of God to your emotions. The word of God must be applied to your emotions. He you said, why do we sit here? Why do we stay in this place and get hungry? If we stay here, we will die. Look at this lady, this woman. This woman, in the word of God, talks about, if you mark mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 29. The woman whom had an issue of blood. He said, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better. She did what? She spent all that she had. You know, sometimes these doctors are not going to save you especially when you are a child of God, yes, go to the hospital, go to the doctor, but believe in a big God. If you have the doctor and you have God, then you have, I mean, you have double kind of thing. You you can live and rejoice and be glad that, look, I'm just going to this doctor because after all, God gave the doctor, God gave him wisdom, but I believe in a big God. I still believe that God is a healer. He's not changed. God is not changed. God is not changed. He said, this woman, she spent all that she had on physicians and she didn't get better. Telling me that this woman began, the way I read the Bible, she had had some money. So, So she spent it on physicians. But she didn't get better. But she got worse. She was fed up with the doctors. Then she said, no, I think I better see this man. If I meet this man, something will happen. She, she took the challenge. She didn't. She was not comforting herself. Well, at the stage, I think that I'm over. Things are over. So I mean, I'm just ready to die. No, she didn't say that. He said, "I'll go meet Jesus, the Son of God, the healer. And I know if I go there and I touch the hem of His garment, I shall be made healed. The woman went. She had faith. She had faith in Jesus Christ, because she had faith, she touched the hem of Jesus Christ, and the Bible says power was drawn from Jesus Christ, and this woman was made whole instantly, her faith, her faith, her faith, it was faith, do we still have faith on this earth, do we still have faith? Children of God who believes that there is a God in heaven and that he can do everything. Do we still have some in this church? If you are here, shout and say, I I am here. Amen. I mean, this woman was healed instantly. I have come to tell you that don't comfort yourself in trouble because it's been years. No people who think that it's, I mean, uh, for this problem, like I said, mentioned, Uh, It's it's, it's the disease that is gonna kill me. So even when they ask people to come forward for prayer Because he's gone to prayer meetings for a long time and he's not healed. He wouldn't go But I've come to tell you that don't comfort that is a God. So this lepers the first thing they teach us is that don't comfort yourself Don't be comforted when you are not comfortable rise up speak to God when, 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 when one of the prophets went to Hezekiah and told him that, put your house in order, for you are going to die. My goodness. He said, set your house in order. The prophet goes to, I mean, Hezekiah, the king, tells him that, set your house in order, for you are going to die. My goodness. this, this is serious. <laughs> I, I, there was a time I said, now, if you, if you go to Bible school, they classify... They classify the prophets into major and minor prophets. So they said the minor prophets were the Hoseas and other, and Jeremiah and uh, uh, Isaiah and other things. They were the major, the major prophets. This is how I put it. The one who sent the message was a major prophet. So in Ghana, we have a term. We said the major prophets are those with long beards, you know, And the minor ones are those who don't have beards. But you see, the one who went and sent that message to Hezekiah was a a major prophet. He said, put your house in order. You are going to die. Now, when an angel comes, or prophet comes to tell you, put your house in order. You are going to die. I'm telling you. What will you do? Does it? He said it. What can I do? Maybe, the, maybe if it's me, maybe I'll wake up my wife in the night and tell her, look, the prophet told me that I should put my house in order because you're going to die. That's what the prophet said. Maybe my wife, will, the first question my wife will ask is, have you fixed a wheel? Do you have a wheel? Because if the prophet said it, then definitely you are going to die. So have you a will? Maybe my wife will ask that. And then I'll say, okay, tomorrow I'll go get one. But you see, the fact is that maybe I'll even die before the right time because I'll begin to lose taste for even food and fear will grip me and I'll die. But Ezekiah, the Bible says, and he turned his face to the wall. And he prayed and God asked as I had to go back and tell Ezekiel that he has heard his prayer and things changed so don't allow your prevailing circumstances to be a comfort zone you can always rise up and pray the next thing learn from this is that don't underestimate risk-taking don't underestimate risk-taking to better your situation don't underestimate because he said look at look at what they said he said if we say we will enter the city the famine is in the city and we shall die there and if we sit here we die also Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. As a child of God, you must know that, you see, at this time, you know your present. Your present, we all know. But it is the future that we don't know. The future, we don't know. In fact, God has, God's plan for us is that we will have an expected end. Not a bad ending. A good ending. Yeah. So the future is very, 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 very important. You see, so don't underestimate risk taking. Stepping out in faith. They said, we're going to go because this place is not good for us. So we are getting out of there. We are getting out here and we are going out there because they didn't. You see, sometimes when you want to step out in faith, the tendency of fear is real. What am I going to meet there? What is going to happen to me there? You see, when you are a child of God, the Bible says faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he's what? He's a rewarder. I tell people that back home. I say this. How many of you have walked into this chapel and saw God sitting on one of the pews? Who have ever walked into Be it when Pastor Tony was alive, till where you move all the chapels. Some of you have been with them for years. When did you ever walk into the chapel or the church and you met God sitting on the platform? Never. But anytime you go to church, you must always believe that you are going to do what? To meet God. If I'm coming to church, I must, I, must, I must begin. I must be happy. And saying that God, I'm coming to your presence. I need a change in my life. I need a touch in my life. I need some deliverance in my life. I need some healing. And today I am going to meet God. That is faith. He said, we are going out there. If they save us a life, we will leave. If they don't, Then we will only die. So they realize that in life, in the child of God's life, you must learn to live the faith life, believing that your God is able. Believing that when you throw when you jump, God will catch you. You see, sometimes some of the things that we go through is we, our little minds, with our little minds. You see. We, we we sort of can see the the enormousity, the bigness, the vastness of God. And we use our mind to try to make God. But I've come to tell you that in faith you risk your life. You believe that God is what? Is able. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above whatever we ask. Don't don't underestimate risk taking. Look at this, look at this uh, uh, scripture. In John chapter 12 verse 24, most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. The fruit must die. That is fate. Unless the fruit is put on the ground, it, ab- it, it remains the same. Look at, look at, le- le- look at somebody like Esther. You know Esther's story. Esther was a Jew. If you read Esther chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, there was a conspiracy by Haman to kill all the Jews. He said, after these things, after these these things King Hazarus promoted Haman, the son of Hamada, the Agatite, and ad- advanced him and set his seat above all the princes who were with him. And all the king's servants who were within the king's gate bowed and paid homage to him. But Haman, I mean, I mean, Mordecai never, never tried to do that. He plotted, he plotted to have the Jews killed. And Esther was approached to go and see the king who was her husband, but it was not time for her to go see her. But finally, what actually happened is that he was challenged by Mordecai. And then finally Esther took the challenge. He said, I will go see the king. If I die, I do what? I die. He was prepared to go see the king, even though it was not time. The Bible says out of faith, she stepped to the king. And the Bible says immediately the king saw her. She stretched the scepter to her and said, you can come in. She went there by faith. She risked her life. To save her people. And at the end of the day. What she did. Brought salvation. To the Jews. Look in Christianity. You have to risk sometimes. Most of the times. Jesus. risked his life. He died. But he rose again. In fact the Bible says give. And it shall be given to you. You know, sometimes you don't have, but God says give. That is, that is the point. You know, sometimes your little last dime that you put in the offering bowl turns all things around. In Christianity, we need to do what? To raise our lives. We need to go the second mile. It's just like those of you who do businesses and you go and buy stocks. And other things. Sometimes the stocks fall. They fall down. Becomes very low. But those businessmen they don't say because the stocks, the stocks sometimes fall so I wouldn't buy stocks. They keep on buying the stocks. They risk then they get a profit. But in, as children of God we must risk our life. These lepers risked their lives. And when they got there, instead of them being dead, they were alive and they got whatever they needed. There was food in abundance. I have come this morning to let you know that whatever situation you are going through, don't comfort yourself. It is not late. Sarah was 90 when he had a child. So if you, have, you are 40, you can still have a child if you want. If you are sick and you are t- your last weight, God is able to save you, to, to heal you, to deliver you. Don't just hang in there and say, it is done. I have come to let you know that the lepers didn't die in the camps. They broke out. And when they broke out, they had food in abundance. They had, they had to go to town and tell the, I, I remember, I don't, I don't even know how they went to send the, the message. Because they were lepers. They were still unclean. But they went there. And people listened to their message. And they came back and saw abundance. May God help us. May God strengthen us. May God encourage us in his word. May God remind us that we are children of God. And that the devil is a liar. And Jesus has the power. Can you stand on your feet at this time? Just stand on your feet at this time. Just stand on your feet right now. I just want you to lift up your hands at this time. Just lift up your hands. Uh, Just open your mouth and begin to thank God. Thank God. If you are going through any trouble, I want to, just say, God, I thank you for what I'm going. If it is sickness, just say, God, I thank you for what I'm going through today. Just lift up your hands. Talk to God at this time. Just talk to him. Just bless him. Just honor him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I give you praise for your power to heal, to deliver, and to set free. I thank you for my life. I thank you for this church. I thank you for every member here. I thank you for what you are doing in our lives. We are the head and not the tail. Thank you that God, every plan of the devil is thwarted. I thank You I thank you I thank you Lord God we give you praise and we honor you Jesus thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus We give you praise and we exalt you lord you are mighty God you are mighty God you are mighty God you are the healer God you are the provider God you are the encourager God we thank you Lord we thank you that we can walk out there with our church out we thank you that we can walk Walk courageously knowing that you are the God that possesses all power. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise to God. Thank you, Lord. This morning, I just want to pray. Maybe you are here. You are here. You are downhearted. You are here. And it looks as if the world is caving in for you. I've come to tell you that God is the same yesterday, today. God is here to empower you, to strengthen you. Maybe you might be weak in your Christian life. Maybe for for some time now, you think you alone are fighting your own battle. Maybe today you say, God, I'm stepping out to just announce myself that God, you are with me everywhere I go. If you are here, just come over here. We want to pray with you. Maybe you are sick. Maybe you are discouraged. Maybe things are not working well. Maybe things are bad. Maybe, maybe, maybe like, like the lepers. You've stayed in a certain place for a long time. It's not happiness. It's not joy. It's not fruitfulness. And you want a change in your life. Just come forward. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You can stand in for your children. You can stand in for somebody You care for. A wayward child, you can stand in for him because you don't have to give up because God would always show up. Thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. Just just over the whole house, can you lift up your hands? Just bless the Lord at this time. Just bless the Lord at this time. Thank you Lord Jesus. Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wherever you are, God is here. God is here. God is here if you believe. God will touch you. God will set you free. God will heal you. In the name of Jesus, whatever is the problem, whatever you are going through, I stand by the word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and I declare you free from any oppression and any power, God, in the name of Jesus. say, Thank you, Lord God. say, Thank you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. I thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Can somebody stand behind? Jesus, God, I speak life. And I speak restoration. That life and healing and strength, God, by the power of the Holy Ghost. Receive it now. Receive right now from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. I declare you whole in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Take it right now. Restoration right now. Take it. Take Thank you, Lord. Receive it now. Receive now. Receive now. Receive now. Thank you, Lord God. I declare you healed. Posey, receive your healing right now. Take it. Take it now from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. I declare you healed. Restoration. 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 Posey, I thank you, Lord. Take it right now. Take it right now. Take it right now. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Take it right now. Take it right now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, say today, take it right now. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, I declare you whole. Whatever is the need, I take authority right now. Take it right now. Take it right now. Take it right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, God. left out the Holy Spirit. And it is so, so very important for us to go back. We are in the dispensation of the Holy Ghost, but we have left him behind. Just lift up your hand at this time. And ask the Holy Spirit to refill you afresh. Fill you afresh. Empower you afresh strengthen you afresh, revive you afresh. In the name of Jesus, Holy Ghost of God, we pray your power that we would walk out of this gates with power and dynamism to reflect to the world, to show the world that you live in us. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, I'm done.